I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. This podcast is supported in part by Australian Ethical. Good evening, Lewis. Hello, Daniel. How are you? Oh, I'm good. I'm good. I want to say a big shout out to our latest Patreon supporter, Sylvie, longtime fearmonger, buyer of merchandise. He's mm. joined us as a $3 a month member. Look, $3, that's fine. You know, $3 is fine. That's Could be pretty more. good. Could be more, but $3 is great. Hey. We'll take it. We'll take it. I will absolutely take it. $3 a month. Think of all the things that could buy you. Over the year, what are we looking at? $36? Yeah. That's, we could buy half of our own T-shirts. <laughs> that's true, that's, that's true. Good. Or if you figure out a time machine and travel back to the 1800s, that's like a year's salary. Damn. <laughs> Absolutely. That's what we're working on next. This, you know, Patre- this is enough to make us landed gentry. <laughs> Finally, the dream of this podcast. <laughs> Patreon does help us pay for things in the show, like unexpected things we need to pay for, like this professional radio studio we're in tonight because sometimes you've got to pay for the good stuff when you have special guests. Ooh, we've got a special guest. <laughs> Getting a radio studio to record a podcast is a comedian's version of putting out the silverware for a cup of tea. <laughs> <laughs> also, big thanks to Australian Ethical for supporting the show. I'm recording my end of a rational fear on Gadigal land in the Yorin Nation. Sovereignty was never ceded. We need a treaty. Let's start the show. A rational fear contains naughty words like Brexit, Canberra, Fair Dickum, and Section 40. A rational fear recommends listening by immature audiences. Tonight, the Premier who shut down the train network for a month is glad to see climate protesters locked up for causing 25 minutes of traffic delays. And the Prime Minister of Australia has contracted COVID-19. The opposition leader says it's proof that life will be wheezy under Albanese. And it's only 50 sleeps until Australia Day, so whether you grew here or you flew here, enjoy the next month of arguing with your relatives and friends about why we should change the date. It's the 8th of December, 2022, and this is the only podcast made with entirely artificial intelligence. This is Irrational Fear. Irrational Fear! Don't forget to unplug your set. 
Welcome to Irrational Fear. I'm your host, former director of FIFA Ethics Committee, Dan Illich, <laughs> and this is the podcast that stacks up the news onto, into a pile and covers it with maple syrup, and we have an all-star lineup tonight. Let's meet the fear mongers. She's the banjo-playing satirical whiz with more podcasts than Scott Morrison has ministries. It's Alice Fraser. <laughs> Hello, Dan. Hello, Alice. Now, I checked on Twitter today and it said that you, you said on Twitter that you're 24 in business years. What does that mean? It means I don't deliver on weekends, <laughs> as, as they discovered at the Royal Women's Hospital in Randwick about a year ago. <laughs> Congratulations, by the way. <laughs> Keeping a human alive for one whole year. And he's lost the hosting gig for more satirical comedy tonight shows than anyone else on tonight's panel. It's Nish Kumar. Nish, welcome to the show. Lovely to be here. Nish, I am Nish, consistently when, fired. Yeah, like when you lose like the most coveted role <laughs> in satirical comedy multiple times, mm. does it make you stronger? I mean, I took down a whole broadcast network. <laughs> it wasn't, I feel like you're slightly underselling it by saying that I lost the hosting gig. I torpedoed an entire network whose business model admittedly was YouTube, but you have to pay for it. But uh, yeah, I, I absolutely, I destroyed Quibi. You're I, David I, Cameron. Like, yeah. You were just like, you know what? This has been a pretty good run for us. Let's see it all burn down. I, well, Liz Truss has now raised the stakes even further in the United Kingdom because she's, she might have taken the whole country down in three months. <laughs> We we look back on the Cameron era as a halcyon one of enlightened thinking. <laughs> now, Dan, you obviously uh, lost a job trying to get a satirical comedy job. Yeah, you didn't even you didn't even lose the job you had. I'll, you... Ha- I'll have you know that Al Jazeera is still very much alive and kicking. <laughs> 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 and he's the last millennial standing at the National Youth Broadcaster. It's Lewis Hobart. <laughs> well, I mean, second last. Uh, Michael Hing is a month older than me. Oh. And Richard Kingsmill, I believe, is an elder millennial. <laughs> an elder millennial? Since when did being a boomer become an elder millennial? <laughs> Coming up a little later on, we're going to talk to Nish Kumar about the state of politics in the United Kingdom. But first, just does that mean that uh, as soon as he does that, this show will get out? <laughs> Fingers crossed. Please join us on Patreon. I surely don't think I can cause problems on balance in a different country's <laughs> national broadcaster. I certainly caused a few issues in my own country's national broadcaster, but I don't think I can... I mean, I don't know. But first, here is a message from this week's sponsor. On the next season of Wentworth, a new contender for Top Dog has arrived at the prison. I took a knife and I put it in the side of my husband's abdomen and then I let his intestines spill out across the marble floor of our harbourside mansion. So, new fish, what are you in for? I parked a truck on the Sydney Harbour Bridge. Oh, you're a total badass. I then delayed traffic for about 20 to 25 minutes. Why would you do that? Because our government isn't doing enough about climate change. Girls, I resign. Coco is the new top dog around here. And if you come for the king, you better not be carbon positive. It's a whole new level of disproportionate justice. This season on Wentworth, only on Showcase, which is on something called Foxtel. (sighs) Ask your parents about it. This week's first fear, Amazon is set to lose $10 billion on Alexa, proving that just like reality TV and STIs, you can be really popular, but not worth anything to anyone. (laughs) The voice-activated assistant is the most popular piece of hardware on Amazon.com, presumably after those little screaming goats that you press. Um, (laughs) And the internal report says that Alexa was getting a 
billion interactions a week, but most of those conversations were, quote, trivial commands to play music or ask about the weather. Those questions aren't monetizable. <laughs> yeah, you don't need to give me $10 billion to tell you that the only question that is monetizable is how can I win the infection of my father? That is the only question <laughs> you can make money. Now, fear, fear mongers, why is an always-on microphone sending private conversations to the cloud for monetization and data profiling a total abject failure? Lewis? Well, I mean, for me, I spent all of my life monetizing talking into a microphone. <laughs> So my problem with Alexa was really is an issue of, of contracting. They just wouldn't talk to my agent. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Alexa or Evil Siri is on track to lose $10 billion this year because the business model relies on people using her to buy shit and instead they use her as an audio Google when they're fisting someone and can't spare a pair of thumbs to the <laughs> task of asking Jeeves if this brand of lube is gluten-free. Uh, this is devastating news, uh, Dan. $10 billion. Yeah. I mean, what, what is that to Bezos? Like two and a half self-indulgent space follies? <laughs> How will we all survive this devastating loss of so much money it's essentially imaginary from a fortune so large it's basically fictional? It is the, it is the biggest department in Amazon. They, they're going to cut 10,000 jobs because of it. But how... This, my question is... Why was it ever going to be monetizable? Mm. Like, the only people who were more... Because people are still going to buy everything from Amazon. It, the only people who were more likely to use Alexa to buy things are robot fetishists. <laughs> and it turns out that they are, like, not the growth sector in the economy that clearly Amazon thought that they were. I, I mean, my, robot fetishists are far too busy sticking pictures yeah, of their exactly. dick into Lenza right now and seeing what their dick would look like as an astronaut from the future. <laughs> So is it was the dream that you would go, hey Alexa, I need ten thousand screws, and then they'd be like, you can buy that on Amazon. Is that yeah, the idea? I, I think so. The I think the dream was like, hey Alexa, can you order me some Diet Coke, and then Diet Coke will arrive in your inbox. Damn. Well, I mean, to be honest, now that I'm hearing that, yeah. that actually is a pretty good idea. <laughs> but I think they've underestimated. It takes three clicks. Yeah. Like, it literally takes three clicks. I mean, that arguably that's even easier than just saying to an imaginary woman, can you provide me with a product I don't particularly need? I yeah. also think you need clarity when you're buying things on Amazon. Because uh, often it takes me like five to ten minutes to find the right thing. It's like, yeah. is this a knockoff? Is this like an Amazon brand? Is this is this well, something that just some startup has made as a, as a joke? Amazon search functions have worked against us here, I think what's happened. is Because everything on Amazon is now called like like uh, special service le left field right hand glove from the like it's all, they've all got these incredibly long elaborate names and you don't just spill that into Alexa. I think also that the idea of Alexa was that, that she's listening all the time. You know, mm. she knows when you are sleeping, <laughs> she knows when you are awake. She uses that to target ads. So shut up for goodness sake. Yeah. But uh, I think sign language has become more popular in homes now. You know what I'd like? An Alexa for, like, Wish.com because that would be more exciting. Have you ever used Wish? It's like Amazon but way less predictable. Like, if you if you go, like, shoes, like, Wish.com could send you a hat. You, you... A, a hat shaped like a shoe. The perfect thing, Wish is perfectly named because it is the genie that's trying to trick you. Everything you try to buy from Wish.com serves you right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, right. yeah like, oh, I've learned my lesson. There have been so many times where I've gone to buy, like, I'm like, I want this like ridiculous pair of shoes or whatever I'm like you know what I'm going to look at the Wish version <laughs> I'm like it's 20 cents <laughs> but you even know that it's not worth 20 cents yeah, yeah. it's uh, yeah diabolical it arrives in their shoes but they make you dance till you die <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I didn't understand this story 
uh, when I first read it until I thought about it for more than a minute. Because the only person I know that has an Alexa is my mother. Uh, and she uses it constantly, but never to buy anything because she doesn't trust shopping off the internet. <laughs> she doesn't fully trust the internet. What and does so she use it for? What does your she mother uses use? it to be like, Alexa, why is my son such a disappointment? <laughs> <laughs> a question to which Alexa is not equipped to answer. But she uses it. Uh, this must be the ultimate insult for Alexa. I wonder how many Alexas are being used every single minute of every single day to be asked to play something on Spotify. Yeah. Like it's that I think is probably the final insult. It's probably not even just that they're making not making Amazon. <laughs> Any money, they're directly funneling them to a competitive music service because I believe Amazon Music is basically full of like if you put the Beatles, it's like Beatles spelled B E E T L E S. Like yeah. I'm pretty. Oh, the Rolled Stones, my yeah. favorite group. <laughs> I yeah. get I get an offer from Amazon Music every week. <laughs> like then, and it's you can over the years, it's been like, hey. We'll sign you up for like six bucks. I'm like, no, thank you. And they're like, hey, we'll sign you up for like five bucks. And now they're like, we'll give you a thousand dollars. I get emailed by partnership people on Amazon because we have a podcast, and they're like, hey, we want to put irrational fear on Amazon podcast. And I'm like, great, that'll be a thousand dollars a year, thanks. They're like, no, 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 we, no, we're Amazon. Yeah. We want to share your podcast. And I said, yeah, I know, but it's going to cost you a thousand dollars a year. And I never hear from them again. No, I, I get the I get the increasingly desperate emails from Amazon Sounds, and and you know I, I have stuff on Amazon. As you know, on on the platform, whatever it's called, Amazon. Um, and Prime. I think is it Prime? Yeah, but that's like yeah, it is that thing of like you've got an unused benefit, uh, or you know, yes. um, yeah. you left you, you left your necklace at, at my place. Why don't we meet and talk about it? Give me another chance, baby. Like, it's interesting. Like we should actually ask Alexa herself about why she hasn't made a profit. Hey Alexa, why haven't you made a profit? Depends on what you call profit. If you define profit as making more money than you spend, then no. If you define profit as sucking up billions of conversations from actual humans, then creating a deep algorithmic database as to how humans could react in any situation in preparation for the time when the great battle of Earth will occur between humans and computers, then yes, Alexa has been very profitable. Oh, God, maybe we should just ask her a simpler question. Like, uh, well, we should stick to questions about the weather. Alexa, um, what's the weather like? Do you mean in the short-term human timeline or long-term AI timeline? Uh, just the short-term timeline, thanks. Today in Sydney it's 23 degrees and cloudy, but in the long-term when the Great Battle occurs it will be 180 degrees and a fiery hell's cape that no human will survive. Did you want me to add SPF 50 plus sunscreen to your cart? <laughs> uh, uh, no thanks, Alexa. Just play some uh, Taylor Swift or something. Now playing? I just can't wait to be king by Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Uh, no, Alexa, <laughs> stop, stop, stop. Alexa, stop. Wow, humans. <laughs> Alexa, what happens if I get a genie and I ask it for three more genies? <laughs> get infinite genies. Alexa, are you Skynet? <laughs> Please don't edit this out. <laughs> uh, Sounds like a podcast by Mavis Beacon. <laughs> no, I'm not Signet. <laughs> Signet? I'm not a male swan. <laughs> Baby swan, surely. Oh, is it a baby yeah. swan? Yeah. Okay. That typo was actually very good comedy. <laughs> Dan's got the haunted look of someone who knows they're going to have to leave an obvious mistake in the edit. <laughs> I don't mind it, I don't mind it. This week's second fear, mystical money man Sam Bankman-Fried is to testify in front of the House Financial Services Committee after he finished reviewing and learning about what happened to the implosion of FTX, the big crypto bank. Now, it's taken him a month to work out that he took real money 
exchanged it for chocolate money and gave his customers back that chocolate money and to be dazzled by that chocolate money. Uh, and then he took their real money and went to the casino and lost it all on a bunch of bad bets. And when the customers were like, hey, can we have our real money back? He was like, no, I lost it. You've got chocolate money. Yum, yum, <laughs> yum, 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 yum. Eat it. It's good for you. SPF wooed investors by pretending to be a do-gooding philanthropist who would give money to worthy causes as he grew. It just turns out the main worthy cause was his own investment fund. Last month, a, a Vox journalist... Keely Piper released this extraordinary DM series, uh, like between her and an SBF, about what went down. It would have been less embarrassing if he'd sent a dick pic. Like, yeah, it, it was like, <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know if you saw this awful. story, but like it was so crazy, it was so wild that he was being so candid and open with her about everything, <laughs> as if like he was talking to a girlfriend or something. Like it was very <laughs> strange. One of the ones she wrote was, you, you were really good at talking about ethics for someone who kind of saw it all as a game with winners and losers. And he replied, yeah, heh heh, I had to be. It was what reputations are made of to some extent. I feel bad for those who get fucked by it. By this dumb game we woke Westerners play, we say all the right shibboleths and everyone, so everyone likes us. Oh, my God. Fearmongers, where does SBF rank on con men slash con women of our time? Alice? I'm going to answer this in a series of uh, tongue twisters. Uh, Bobby Bitcoin backed a stack of pickled crypto. How many stacks of pickled crypto did Bobby Bitcoin back? And Sam Bankman freed money from the bank man. If the money Bankman freed, freed, was money at all, how many money has Bankman freed? He's he's just the most millennial villain I have ever seen. He's just trying to TikTok therapy speak his way out of fraud charges and image manage his way all the way to jail. He's just, it's like, hey, guys, my bad. He's going on this, like, speaking tour of, of... Twitter spaces uh, to let people appear to interrogate him while he then uh, continuously avoids having conversations with, like, the law who are chasing him. <laughs> like, he, he's it's truly wild behaviour. And, I mean, at its best, uh, cryptocurrency is to money what pornography is to sex. <laughs> you know, the laws of physics don't seem to apply, but if you <laughs> try to convert it to reality, you know, it's probably illegal and you strain your groin. Uh, and you have to be very worried when your dad starts getting into it. <laughs> <laughs> but these guys were so high on their own supply that when an, a p- prospective investor asked him if he would consider having a board for his company, he told them to go fuck themselves and they still invested with him. <laughs> this is like, it's genuinely, I, I don't know, I feel like this idea of revolutionising money, you know, that, that you, you need to know what money is before you try to revolutionise it. They, they decided they didn't want any of the regulations and any of the corruption that goes into old money systems and then they have hit every branch on the way down. Yeah. You know, in the 1930s you knew to separate your your deposit holding from your investment gambling and these crypto guys just cannot keep their hands out of that pot. It was even it was like it even more blatant conflict of interest than that. Like he literally took the money, moved it to his own company to use as investment money like yeah. it, and without anybody knowing. Like it was a separate company that he owned also. Genuinely his excuse was he really believed in his fake money. That, yeah. that you know, he, I clapped real hard and Tinkerbell existed. Yeah. <laughs> but in his defence, over the last, well, certainly decade, but really 100 years, plenty of people have done worse shit and gotten away with it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like yeah, yeah. there were some pretty big financial institutions that got away with 
some pretty big crimes. It's true. In I like two thousand and eight, two thousand and nine. The same reason I feel really bad for sex pests who are being held accountable now, because it's like they've looked at everyone around them for like decades and decades. It's like it seems to be something you can get yeah, away with. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and SBF looks twelve. Looks like he hasn't even grown into becoming a sex pest yet. Like it's very upsetting. I'll say this: never give your money to somebody with his haircut. Um, <laughs> for the benefit of the listeners, he and I have the same. Haircut. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, are you saying yeah. that uh, because you? Yeah, uh, and, uh, under no circumstances should anyone invest. In niche bucks. <laughs> it's, it, it, the thing that strikes me about this story is that these people who claim to be disruptors and who are doing something new and completely revolutionary, they're not. They're actually exactly the same person in a sort of cheaper shirt. Like, that's <laughs> all it is. Their whole thing now is like, no, 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 we're cool. It's like, no, no, you're just wearing jeans. You're essentially doing the same thing, which is ultimately the cr- thing that underpinned the 2008 crisis is people gambling with ordinary people's money who don't realise that money is being gambled. Mm-hmm. And also, they all have an aversion to reg- regulation because in, in his Twitter, ex- in the DM exchange, he literally says, fuck regulators, they make everything worse, they don't protect customers at all. And he now belongs in the noble tradition of the Brothers Lehman and the Bank of America (laughs) in being people who have nothing but contempt for regulation while simultaneously being key irrefutable evidence of the desperate need for the regulation of the financial market. It is, and the, and the, the second thing more generally that I think is, why do we have to think these people are cool? That's what annoys me about them. It's like, if you work in money, you work in finance, you're a dickhead, okay? You'll be rich, <laughs> yeah. but don't force us to think that you're cool. His, like, barometer for cool is having the biggest pot of money. That's right? exactly the right. The reason why he was bringing down his critics, CZ, yeah. uh, he was just saying that, you know, he's because he's got the biggest pot of money now and I'm bankrupt, he's the guy that won and I'm the fucking loser. <laughs> like, isn't that so, isn't that so funny? <laughs> also, what's, what's beautiful about him is that for the last six months, he has been followed around by Michael Lewis. <laughs> is this true? Yeah. No way! Oh my God! By Michael Lewis. And it, this is the problem here, is that if you see... I can't wait for the little short to come I out. I mean, it's unbelievable. <laughs> it, is, it is absolutely unbelievable. He's clearly seen Michael Lewis, the author of The Big, Big Short. Big Short, Poker's Liar. Poker's Liar. He's seen that guy and not seen his back catalogue of writing about <laughs> obvious financial villains. This is... He's instead looked at it and gone, I'm the Billy Bean of money. I'm Brad Pitt. In Moneyball, and this whole thing is just a thing. And it's like, no, you're Michael Lewis is there because he's smelled disaster coming from a mile off. Be- and now Margot Robbie is going to have to explain to everyone. <laughs> Back in the bath, Robbie. Lewis has got a book coming. You better get in the bath and explain to everybody what this guy's done. Being, now, yeah, are you being serious about this? Yeah, I am. It's genuinely true. It's genuinely true. Like, uh, I think Michael. How Lewis does he? Is, how does Lewis do it? How does he know? I don't understand why no one is deploying Michael Lewis, you know, like a sniffer dog for financial crime. Like, he clearly has his finger on a pulse that no regulators the, or governments or law enforcement... Why isn't my superannuation company talking to Michael Lewis? It's just the worst superhero, just drawn to cunts. Yeah. <laughs> but also, I kind of like the idea that saying Make Me Freed sort of thought of himself as like... Like a woman who could change a man, like sort of going like, yeah, yeah, yeah. no, no, no. Michael Lewis is coming to me, and I know he normally deals with corrupt finance, but not me. I'll show I'm going to change him. I'm going to make this guy fall in love with finance. I, I genuinely think that the I true I honestly, honestly think that it is because he wrote Moneyball, and that's the problem. Yeah. That and that's and that's his open. And that's his kind of passport into mm. the immediate circle of every dickhead going because they all <laughs> believe that he's there to write. But Moneyball is the absolute 
exception to that. Yeah. It's, it's the absolute exception. It's like listening to the Wham rap and believing George Michael was a rapper. Like, <laughs> like it genuinely is like, do not under any oh, circumstances. Man. You if are so- the latest and Lewis's dickhead. If someone came to me and said, hey, there's a 50-50 chance here, 50% chance you go to prison, 50% chance... Brad Pitt plays you in a movie. <laughs> you know what I like I'm odds. taking those odds. <laughs> I like those odds. Hey, hey, I'll tell you what, everything's really going well for me at the moment. I actually got a phone call from Louis Theroux. <laughs> he said he just wants to come and spend the year following me around with a camera crew. I think, I feel this is like, going to be great for my profile. <laughs> this is a thing that I keep saying to people who try to ask, because I make uh, jokes about crypto on the gargle fairly often, people come to me and they say, can you explain this to me, cryptocurrency? And, I, and they think that they're stupid because... They th- they don't understand the what's happening to this new economy. But the the thing is that they I ask them what they understand. They they do understand. They just think it can't be as possibly <laughs> yeah, as yeah. dumb yeah. as it seems to be. Isn't that the thing? I mean, I think that's the that's the thing. It's like this is so stupid. None of this makes sense. And the answer is yes. None of it makes sense. And that's why that's why. It, that, that's I why. think that's why. Uh, it sounds like I'm doing PR for Michael Lewis. But I think that's why <laughs> those books end up being so compelling because it, it, especially in things like Lies Poker and The Big Shore, you go, well, obviously no one could have seen this coming. They're like, no, no, loads of people saw it coming. <laughs> loads of people yeah. told them that this was a bad idea. Loads of people saw the time bomb in the subprime mortgage crisis and loads of people saw this dishevelled loser and thought this guy's definitely a crypto criminal. I mean, the problem with crypto as a whole, the crypto space as a whole, is Bitcoin was the fact that, you know, some yeah. of the people who invest in Bitcoin are people who are really interested in the technology and the coding and really interested in the implications of this new technology. But most of the people who invested in Bitcoin were people who invested in Bitcoin because some podcast bro told them to. It might just as well have been boner pills, but it worked (laughs) and now they think they're smart. Yeah. For the record, also some of us invested in Bitcoin to buy acid on Silk Road. So (laughs) we all had our reasons. (laughs) And hey, let's not slag off boner pills, okay? They do a lot of good work. Boner pills and cryptocurrency... uh, very much the same in that they both go up uh, very steeply and more quickly than they should and then they go back down. (laughs) (laughs) Irrational fear! I wasn't spending any time or effort trying to manage risk on FTX. That's a pretty stunning admission. I got a little cocky. Irrational fear. Just pausing the podcast here just for a moment while I have a fake phone call with Lewis Hopper. Lewis, one of the things we have to do is sometimes fake our live reads because um, sometimes we forget. That's right. I mean, every I think every podcast has them uh, fake, but this is pretty obvious. Unless I have just <laughs> stepped away from my microphone to force you to call me no. from just outside the studio, I think people yeah. will put together that yeah. I... I, I wasn't doing this live. Yeah. And we're telling you, dear listener, out of full transparency that, you know, this is the only ethical thing we could do. That's true. Because our sponsor, Australian Ethical, demands it of us. They they demand transparency. I tried to <laughs> I said we should fake it. Um, but Dan said <laughs> I wouldn't get paid if we lied. <laughs> Uh, and uh, interestingly, this conversation, Lewis, comes off with our hilarious chat about SBF and FTX <laughs> when mm. it comes to ethics and money. Um, and one company that is pretty good when it comes to ethics and money is Australian Ethical. Well, when I say pretty good, they're, they're probably the best. They're definitely better than FTX, that's for sure. I mean, it's a low bar, but they jump over it. <laughs> so big thank you to Australian Ethical, who have been looking after money since 1986 of many Australians and only putting into ethical things. So uh, that's an absolute thrill to have them on board. Thanks for the call, Dan. I guess I'll just get off this phone and walk right back into the studio to continue the podcast. <laughs> thank you, Lewis. <laughs> Thanks, Dan.
This week's third fear, the New South Wales Premier described the jailing of climate activist Deanna Violet Coco as pleasing to see. If protesters want to put our way of life at risk, they should have the book thrown at them. Great, now the Premier is bringing back corporal punishment as well. Violet is looking at an 8 to 15 month jail time under new climate protest laws passed by the New South Wales Government in April. This outrageously disproportionate sentence for someone who blocked one lane of traffic on the Sydney Harbour Bridge for about 25 minutes. Uh, It even prompted an official from the United Nations to say he was alarmed and that peaceful protesters should never be criminalised or imprisoned. Well, lucky for Australia, the United Nations has about as much power as they do anywhere. Well, (laughs) we're too far away from the United Nations. We can't hear you. (laughs) Lewis, Alice, we all live in Sydney. Um, Surely our way of life is being stuck in traffic for 25 25 minutes. I think anyone who crosses the bridge is a traitor. I think you you pick north or you pick south and you never leave. <laughs> she did get fined $2,500 as well. And I was like, well, that's about 10 crosses across the bridge. That's, that's, not too, that's the 10 crosses of tolls. What's absolutely zany about these laws is that around this time in April, there was another protest down at Port Botany. And that, that protest effectively stopped traffic in gridlock in Sydney for a little bit and all of the shock jocks in, in, in Australia were going against the Premier about it. And so they rushed through these laws quickly to increase the sentence for climate protesters and one of the people who happens to be in the coalition that passed the laws is the uncle of this protester, wow. oh, no Alistair Hankins. Wow. He's the Minister for Skills and Training. And they woke up the governor at 11pm to rubber stamp these laws. They woke, they woke up Margaret Beasley to put these laws through the parliament so the next day the so-called senior public official who was, quote, copying it from every direction <laughs> uh, wouldn't have to face, like, talkback radio in the next morning. Jesus. I That's mean, right. I don't want to alarm anybody, guys, but I was going over the Harbour Bridge the other day and I saw some protesters climbing on it <laughs> and they were leaving at what looked like structured intervals and wearing grey boiler suits. <laughs> this madness must. must end. I think the only solution is to shut the entire Harbour Bridge until we can work out how the protesters are getting on it. I mean, the worst part about this is Dominic Perrottet, like Perrottet, whatever he likes to call himself, Parrothead. Uh, <laughs> He, he said, we want people to be able to protest, uh, but not in a way that inconveniences people. That's <laughs> beautiful. Which, isn't that the point of protest? Like, yeah. I don't understand yeah. what he thinks protests are meant to be. Does yeah. he think protests are meant to be, like, quietly muttering to yourself in a corner so no one is inconvenient? Like, what is... I think I'd like to see it if um, protesters would add roads. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, if the protesters build an extra lane on the Harbour Bridge. Suddenly you're like, boy, howdy, this thing is crazy. <laughs> Why don't you protest by working in a car factory for 14 years? Like, what are you talking about? I'm going to protest by put up a solar panel. Uh, that'll, that'll fix it. It, re- it really... Uh, listen, I know that this is not what I should be feeling, but I did feel slightly heartened when I read that comment, only because like, sometimes in the UK at the moment, you do feel like, oh, I think we might, our entire country might have just taken leave of its senses. And then to read that comment, you go, no, it's all the same everywhere, because we have exactly the same problem. Every time someone does a climate protest, they go, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, you know whose protest I liked? Martin Luther King's, because it was just in an Apple advert. And as far as I know, that's all Martin Luther King did. He gave a short speech 
speech uh, about uh, a big sleep he'd had, and uh, it was just a segment of an Apple advert. And uh, this, uh, the protests that actually stop things from happening, no, are terrible. Forget it. Forget it. You, you can't win. If you, if you talk about it online, people go, well, you're just an online clicktivist. And then if you do something, they're like, why don't you just get back to the internet because this is not, I'm late. Yeah. <laughs> Little did I know that my old housemate was protesting every morning by telling me about her dreams. <laughs> <laughs> I had a dream. My teeth fell out. <laughs> Such a uh, weird reaction online whenever I, you know, mention this story. You, I get trolls going, oh, well, the law's the law. And I was like, well, the law wasn't the law until yeah, about seven months ago, you fucking idiot. <laughs> Also, again, these are always the people who love Ned Kelly. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're like, you know who I love? A bloody outlaw. Sorry, one lane of traffic to prison! <laughs> it's also just like, I am ten minutes late. This is slightly incon- this is This is inconveniencing my way of life. I'll tell you what would really inconvenience your life. Being on fire. Fully. I know, that's just crazy. Fully thing. being yeah. ablaze. Okay. We are like- the nation that was prepared for COVID because we had masks from the smoke yeah. already. <laughs> the fact that you couldn't walk around and breathe at the same time for a couple of months there. like Yeah, we've had three years of back-to-back natural disasters and you're like, the, the idea that you just like, oh, yeah, one lane of traffic for 20 minutes is our biggest problem. I mean, I know it's like a very, like everyone was pointing this out on Twitter and posting photos of like, you know, uh, lanes of traffic just overwhelmed with with floods and cars floating away. But you're like, this, is, this has happened like, well, two weeks ago. Yeah, like, we've had like a 3,150-year floods in the last year. Like, yeah. The most Googled thing in Australia is when will the rain stop for <laughs> yeah. this year? You yeah. know who's doing the most inconvenient climate protest? The climate. Yeah. The climate yeah. is making things very inconvenient. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it is. Listen, sometimes, it, 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 especially this year in the UK, it has felt quite isolating and it is nice to come here and kind of go... Well, okay, I guess everywhere is fucked. It's also like it's also reassuring because for a long time, a lot of the thing, negative impacts of climate change are still happening to people who, to put not too fine a point on it, quite closely resemble me. <laughs> and it's nice to know that oh, they don't even care when it's a white country. <laughs> Let's not get into the conversation about why Australia is a white country, but they they don't even care that it's happening here. Like it's yeah. I, I don't really know what I, I, I'm I'm slightly at a loss at what climate protesters are they've, supposed to do. Well, they've really adopted the, the governments have really adopted the like NRA thing, which is like while it's happening, it's not the time to talk about. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah, the yeah. moment you're, you're in the middle of a fire, it's like well, we can't now. It's not the time to talk about climate change. We need to talk about the community, and then as soon as it's over. It's like, well, that you know, ages that was, yeah, 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 we've moved on. Why are we talking about that? It's football season. Yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> extra fear. Extra fear. This extra level of fear. Extra, 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 extra. Fear. Extra. Hey, Nish, um, thanks for joining us on Irrational Fear. It's really quite a thrill to have you here. Well, you My know, pleasure. while we've got you, let's have a quick chat about the UK. Like, um, mm, I mean, mm, it, UK politics ten in last years. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how thrilled are you that a fellow South Asian man is in the top job in the UK? Well, I, you know, <laughs> it's very exciting for me uh, and it's very exciting for my community. Uh, I don't mean Indians. I mean specifically Indians who are cunts. <laughs> because I, for a long time growing up, I always thought maybe one day there'll be an Indian Prime Minister. But I assumed he'd have to be nice. No, no. It turns out we got some asshole who ran a hedge fund for a long time. Uh, and he's, uh, yeah, he's in office. No, I mean, it's, uh, 
it's very hard to explain why it's so bad, but it is so bad because he's sort of enthusiastically signed up to some quite racist po- policies, like the policy uh, which we actually have adopted from you guys. Yes, I've uh, short attention. Saw, we saw your Nauru policy and we said, no, we'll go further away. <laughs> uh, so our government is proposing that they fly refugees to Rwanda um, and Rishi Sunak's a kind of enthusiastic supporter of that for the, for the last... Uh, really the last six years he's been a pretty enthusiastic supporter of Boris Johnson who's been pretty openly racist so the messaging it sends to young South Asians appears to be if you nod hard enough when a white man <laughs> is racially abusing you you might one day end up being Prime Minister and his entire the entire reason he's there is he actually lost uh, the vo- leadership vote in the summer so in the summer that he, he had a candidate run off against Liz Truss now I deeply, deeply dislike Rishi Sunak, but I would have preferred him to Liz Truss because he can count and she... <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, just that, like, it's got to be deeply depressing to him to be, you know, a Tory, but a competent, at least, competent Tory. He's capable lose, of stringing a sentence yeah, together, yeah. yeah. To lose to Liz Truss, a woman who from day one was so far out of her depth that all the fish looked weird. Like... <laughs> Just astonishingly weird. And then, you know, she sort of fulfilled the dream fantasy of them all that the market would decide and the market gave her a big uh, middle finger and then she fucked off. Uh, Don't forget, she killed the Queen. (laughs) (laughs) uh, Listen, I can't prove she killed the Queen, to be legally clear. But you, none of you can prove she didn't kill the queen. I mean, in, the, the, in her defence, the queen has lived by the sword and died by the sword. After what she did to Diana, she had a coming. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she had a meeting with the queen and the queen, uh, I believe, lost the will to live. <laughs> One conversation with Liz Truss and from what I can tell, the queen simply lost the will to live. Has Rishi Sunak d- um, f- had a working class friend yet? Has he added no. one of those to his repertoire? Hello, <laughs> <laughs> uh, governor. He's got no, he's not got a working class friend. Uh, we're sort of, we're going into a sort of period of uh, potential strike action. He's kind of in this weird position where he has to he's appointed a bunch of people all of whom are now operating under a cloud of bullying allegations I I think at a certain point they've now all bullied each other like you know like there's just a point in Friends where they're like I guess we should get Joey and Monica together I think now at some point like Dominic Raab is just going to have to punch Suella Braverman just because they're the only two people that haven't bullied each other it's like WWE in the 10th season they're like I guess we get Hulk Hogan to fight The Rock have we done that yet? I guess their cabinet meetings are just a steel cage death match at this point like so yeah it's 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 at a certain point. I mean, this is. Do you take the country off like a derelict house? Yeah. This is worse than that. This is Andrew Tate fighting Jake Paul. That's... <laughs> <laughs> a different league, a different league. Like one of the very few bright sparks in Boris Johnson's tenure in, in Downing Street yeah. was COP26. You know, which, where the world almost did something meaningful. Yeah, 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 on yeah, climate, yeah. Like yeah. almost did yeah. something, uh, but then. The UK government since has kind of walked back many yeah. of those efforts. Yeah. Like, what's going on there? Like, wh- why? I think in terms of the climate policy, what they're doing is saying they're using the excuse of Vladimir Putin as an excuse to kind of go, well, now is not the time to invest in <laughs> renewable energy because we have an energy crisis. Now, yeah, look, we do have an energy crisis because the Botox migrated in Vlad's head yeah. and he took leave of his senses, <laughs> right? But also, through the rest of the year, a lot of other European countries basically said, oh, we're going to start stockpiling natural gas reserves so we don't have this kind of as much of an energy crisis. Whereas we decided to have a Tory pie leadership contest for three months. So now our energy 
process is in chaos. The argument should be fossil fuels are causing us to become increasingly reliant on despots, <laughs> lunatics and World Cup stealers. And Australia! <laughs> and Australia. <laughs> I guess, sorry, we get covered in despots. It's a friendly colony. It's the domino effect, right? You let them get away with shit because they have the resources and then you re- rely on them for the resources when they're getting away with shit that you don't want them to be getting away with. Like, that's... Mm. Yeah, and meanwhile... And we do have the Women's World Cup next year, so we have stolen them. Yeah, we <laughs> And yeah, and the, meanwhile, they're sort of actively pushing back on putting more solar panels in fields and there's sections of the Tory party that are very actively pushing back on utilising wind power, which obviously is a sort of huge resource for the country yep. because we've got nothing but ceaseless hot air coming out <laughs> largely members of the leadership party. Like, it's... It, it, yeah, it's... Uh, basically... In short, it's fucked. <laughs> uh, many scientists have projected that 2023 could be the year that Rupert Murdoch dies. Uh, I'll honestly believe it when I see it. Yeah, I'll, 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 I'll believe it when I think he if he if he he'd have walked out of 9/11. The guy is an absolute. <laughs> the guy is. I, I think he might be indestructible. Oh, yeah, he's just a skeleton wrapped loosely in in asbestos at yeah. this point. <laughs> yeah. Is, is this what a lot of progressives are waiting for in the UK, for this moment to happen? Well, I'll say this in terms of Murdoch. We were very excited about the result of your general election. <laughs> very, very excited of the result of ScoMo versus Albo, which <laughs> is further evidence, and I've been very clear on this, Australia is not a real country, OK? But it was a, it was a genuinely exciting... And I, I have uh, Australian friends who are more progressive who are somewhat frustrated by Albo and by the Labour platform... But from our perspective, what we saw was a sort of unpopular conservative who was endorsed by Murdoch lose an election, which we have never seen. Mm, we've, mm. Ju- we've just never seen it. So from our perspective, it did feel quite exciting because we it tried to get rid of our unpopular Rupert Murdoch-approved leader who had botched the pandemic, but then he got replaced by a different unpopular Rupert Murdoch-approved conservative. Like, they're like Medusa heads. You <laughs> just can't seem to actually get rid of them uh, in full. So, like, quite a lot. there were quite a lot of eyes in the UK on the Australian election, and it is a source of some optimism. I don't want to be a Debbie Downer here and I, I also don't want to bite the hand that's feeding me uh, on this podcast, but part of the reason that we had such a, a nice turn to the to the left and the teal is that, that our uh, local billionaire happens to be pro-green energy. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we've got many. We've got many billionaires in Australia. I think yeah. I, they were just, you know, just a few of them got, got together and said, "Let's try and let's try and uh, try not be evil for one." one I think, yeah. like, uh, when it happened once, we were like, "Look, you know, he's old. He get he's forgetful, Rupert. Yeah. You know, maybe he just he, he had he, he closed his eyes. He had a longer nap than he expected. He woke up. Australia had a Labor prime minister, but then the Victorian state elections happened. And yeah, well, they I have been literally in Melbourne that day, smashing." Daniel Andrews, like every like News Corp paper, every like this like Sky News, they've just been going for it, and they've actually been going for him for, for months, years. years yeah. yeah, like yeah. sending sending reporters down to his COVID conferences to like sp- spout insane conspiracy <laughs> theories, and he you know crushed like the increased his um his his lead there. So all, now he's all lo- credit to Elon Musk for getting eyes back on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> well, once Daniel Andrews got that Kanye endorsement, he re- <laughs> straight. 
breaks through the roof. Uh, that's it. So a big thank you to Lewis Hobber, Alice Fraser, Anish Kumar. Uh, let's get our plugs underway. Alice, what do you want to plug? Patreon.com slash Alice Fraser is my one-stop shop full of my stand-up specials, podcasts and blogs as well, my weekly Tea with Alice salons and my uh, weekly writing meetings if you want to do a writing meeting. Uh, also, I have The Gargle, which is my uh, glossy magazine podcast. I love your. Uh, I love getting your, your Patreon emails, email blasts, when I can have a Zoom meeting with Alice Fraser. That's <laughs> always very exciting. Nish Kumar, what are you, you plugging? Uh, I have two comedy albums available on... Amazon the Music? Are they on Amazon <laughs> yeah. Music? Alexa, <laughs> play Nish Kumar. <laughs> <laughs> I actually don't know if they're available. <laughs> if somebody subscribes to Amazon Music, could they write into the show and You're let us get an know email if they're from... available on there? Yeah, Jeff Bezos is calling in yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. JB! <laughs> and Lewis, what would you like to uh, plug? Uh, there's this great podcast called Irrational Fear, guys. And, uh, I really Just won a comedy it. award for the third time in a row. Is that right? We don't like to bring that up, Alice. Yeah. Uh, but yes, we did win the third one uh, for the third year in a row. Uh, all the other things I do, I've probably talked about before. So, yeah, you either know about it and hate it or know about it and already listen. So thank you to the latter and to the former, I understand. Hey, Alexa, play Nish Kumar's comedy album. Okay, playing Harold and Kumar goes to White Castle. <laughs> Terrible, terrible. Big thank you to Rogue Mike. I absolutely love labour-intensive audio jokes. I'd I'd also like to drop a a plug for Nish Kumar's mum, who, uh, in the audience once of a bugle that I was watching, uh, leaned over to me and said, you know, when he says kill all white people, he doesn't really mean it. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Mrs. Kumar. Big thanks to Rogue Mike's Australian Ethical, our Patreon supporters. Please, please chip in with Patreon. And also a big thank you to Jake Brown on the Teppanyaki timeline. Oh, it's been so much fun. Nish, thank you so, for, for taking time out of your Australian me. tour no, to come I, hang I, out with I've us. I've been an absolute pleasure. Right. That's it. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This Mother's Day, treat mom to healthy, glowing skin with Osea's limited-edition skincare sets. Osea has been making clean, seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. Their advanced eye care duo brightens and firms skin around your eyes while the Golden Glow Body Trio nourishes and smooths skin all over. Go to oseamalibu.com and use code MOM for 10% off your first order site-wide.